So good morning and welcome to our second podcast with Cricket Coach 365 um, and we're absolutely thrilled to have uh, Danny Gibson who's a young cricketer with uh, the Western Storm, uh, 19 years old, been involved with cricket for a long time already um, and we're going to chat with uh, Danny this morning about um, her sort of life and career and involvement in cricket so far. So morning Danny. So take us back to when you first started playing cricket. Um, how did that all come about? Um, so I started when I was nine. Well, I used to play loads in the garden with my brothers and dad. And then at nine, uh, my dad took me to his cricket club um, and I got involved in the age groups and started playing. It was all boys back then, so there were no girls. Um, and then I, so I did club for quite a few years and then the club put me forward for county. So then at te age 10, I played for the under 11s um, and under 13s. Um, and then I just m kept moving up age groups, under 17s and under 15s. Fantastic. And then at age 14, I made my debut for the senior women at Gloucestershire. Right, well, let's come on to that in a second. But I want to hear more about, um, for all those uh, those girls who um, I'm sure there will be lots of around the country who are perhaps the only one in an all-boys team. Um, so what was it like as a nine, ten-year-old going down to your dad's club and being the only girl playing in boys' team at that age? Um, it wasn't. It was actually quite good because I always think that if you can play the most boys' or men's cricket, then it will help you so much with your future just because obviously they're a lot stronger than women are. Um, but it was fine. We got involved. They, they, get, they don't like treat you differently. Well, I didn't get treated differently. If you're confident and you know that you can play cricket, then... Just get involved and do the best that you can and just enjoy it as well because it's all a bit of fun at that age as well. And did you know anyone when you went there? Apart from obviously it being your dad's club, did you have um, people there that you recognised or you know knew from family or friends or school? Yeah, I think only like three or four uh, boys just because of my parents um, knowing their parents. Uh, but that was it because it's quite far from where I went to school so I didn't know anyone from school or home. It was mainly just at the cricket club. Okay, and so so they were all uh, quite welcoming and accepting of you. What what about um, the coach? Did you have a different coach first year to the next year, or did you have the same coach? How did that work? Um, they tried to keep the coaches like the same throughout the years for each age group, but sometimes it changed. One year I had my dad, which is a bit weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, they just. They often got like probably sixteen or seventeen year olds uh, to help coach, so you could like get a bit of a role model as well as like an older coach who knew a bit more, um, which was a really good combo. That's an interesting dynamic, yeah. So I think that sounds like a really good idea. So somebody who's a bit younger as well as somebody who's a bit older and with you know maybe a bit more experience. Um, yeah. Were there any female coaches? No, there were none. Um, there still aren't at our club. Just be, uh, but there's a lot of women team like players and yeah. Yeah, there's no coaches. No, I think that's still something which um, the ECB and um, you know county boards and so on are, are looking at um, because as you know, as women, as more and more um, young young women and women play cricket, and hopefully there's going to be more opportunity for them to go into coaching roles too uh, within yeah. recreational the recreational game. Uh, so highlights as a, a nine, ten year old, can you go can you remember that far back? Um I'd say when I uh in my first 
first game for County, I was playing for under 13 when I was 10. Really? Fantastic. Yeah. And I scored, but I got the highest score I think it was when I was batting and I got quite a few wickets. So that was a good day, I can remember that. That was at Bath Cricket Club, so... And was that was that uh, was that county girls or was that yeah. yeah okay so you were playing against what team was it I think it was Somerset right okay so uh, and you 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 did really well as a ten year old playing in under thirteens yeah fabulous and um and then sort of so go forward from when you first started as a nine year old going into club cricket to you you said you mentioned uh, um by the time you were fourteen you played your first did you say your first first uh, women's team game? Yeah. So tell us how how that came about, how that made you feel, and uh, and how um, you did. Well, I was doing pretty well at the time. I at fourteen, I was on the England under fifteen program, so that obviously gives me confidence. Um, but I was just going through the age groups, and so I, we always had the same coach, uh, Lisa, who I knew since I was nine. So that helped because I always had her in like my corner in a way. Um, this is Lisa yeah, Padgett, yeah? Yeah, Lisa Padgett, yeah. But when I got asked, I don't really remember how I felt, but I, I, I don't know, when I was younger, I just thought everything was, like, normal. I didn't really get um, nervous or, uh, yeah, I just took everything quite, I was quite relaxed about everything. And when I was younger, I thought, well, if they've asked me, I've clearly got, like, the talent in a way to do it. So I just went and played. I don't remember the games, unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, it was, and then I played for them throughout the years until I was eighteen or seventeen, and then I left. So was that? So when you say first team, was it the first team um, for your club, or was it first team for the county? County. So count, Gloucestershire County um, women's team. You were playing for as a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. And were you picked for uh, your bowling, your batting, or both? So what what um what did your dad think if your dad had an influence over you starting in cricket um at at his local club what what did your dad think um once you'd got to that uh that privileged position of playing for the uh, the women's team um I'd, he was obviously always proud of me um but he was he's, he would always push me to like remember like where I've come from in a way to be like you've just got to stay like grounded um but he was always so like happy for me and he'd always try and get me I'd like playing in the nets with him or whenever he was playing a game on a Saturday for the club he would when they were batting he would go in the nets with me and just like try and help me progress my cricket as much as I could um and he, he's been to every single game that I played and this year because of the coronavirus this has been the first year he's not been to a game and he hated it. Oh, well, I can I can totally understand that. Um, yeah. So, so what about when he was your club coach? What was that like? Um, it was okay. It was quite funny because he's quite like a... Oh, I don't know. He's just quite like a stubborn man, I'd say. <laughs> so when 
like if any kids messed around that would be it he wouldn't give them any chances so I knew that I had to because if I was naughty then I knew that I'd be getting it like a, later on at home and he'd be having a go at me so it was actually quite good because I probably messed around the least when he was my coach um, but it was it was it didn't affect me in any way like the kids didn't be like oh he's your dad you know we don't want to talk to you it wasn't like that at all um so it wasn't bad that's good because I think there are probably um, hundreds of cases of parents coaching um, sons and daughters up and down the country in um, in club cricket um, and uh, I think it typically goes one of two ways. Uh, one is either um, you know the the son or daughter gets special treatment because um, it's their parent who's coaching, or yeah. you go the other way um, where. Um, the parent is is far too probably excessively too hard too tough um on the uh, on the son or daughter because they don't want to be seen to be giving favoritism um yeah. so so if your dad was somewhere in the middle uh, good on him because um because yeah. that's probably the best the best approach yeah no he, he was a good coach he, he's got his level two as well so he knew his stuff so very good so ha- tell us a little bit more about the england under 15 program then before we kind of f- fast forward to um, later on in your career? Yeah, so it was, I don't know how many years it was around before I got on it, but at that time they only had, they had the under, um, England under 15 and under 17, and then I think it was straight into the main team. Okay. Uh, so I got there, so when I, I was 14, I did my, did one year, and then, uh, then I got axed, but I would go to Loughborough for a weekend, I think it was, I think at that time it was once a month. Um, just go there for like Thursday evening or Friday evening to Sunday afternoon. Just get a load of training done, like gym stuff, cricket stuff, mental stuff. Um, we get support with like if we're struggling with anything at school. Um, but then that after I my first year it got axed because um, they were like it's too much of a big jump from 17s to main team. So they introduced a junior academy senior academy and then the main team and what was it like staying away then did you share did you did you were you sharing with the people you knew or did you have your own space your own room how did that work so at Loughborough they have they're they're the ECB houses so you'll stay in like it's a bit like accommodation at like a uni hall a little bit um it's got a common room kitchen but so they had pool tables and table tennis tables obviously kids at 14 would love that um, and then you would share, you would share with someone else. But you didn't know them at the start. You get to know them like throughout the different camps that we did. Um, but yeah, we did. We would train, and then have obviously all food was provided for us, and it was all healthy food. Um, and then we go back. Some sometimes we did activities for us in the evening just to get like a bit of team building. So yeah, it was a really good program actually. What um, what if you could sort of pinpoint one thing that you thought was um, you know, really good, you enjoyed it, um, you know, um, a lot. What would you say that one thing was that from your experiences at Loughborough? Um, probably like the environment because that's where the main woman trains. So it's kind of you get like a taster for what you could potentially get when you're older. So then if you, because I like, really enjoyed it, so then I was like, this is what I want to do for my career. So that probably helped me the most to like keep pushing on my cricket and trying to get as far as I can 
Brilliant. And ha so how did you deal when it came to, I mean, it's quite a, an interesting choice of uh, words that you used when you said you were axed. So uh, when, when you um, weren't uh, retained or you were released from the programme, um, how, how did that make you feel? Um, yeah, so it got, so it got like axed and then the, set, the junior academy came in. So then I, I didn't get picked for that because, well, I obviously I just wasn't good enough. And at the time I was a bit, I was obviously like a bit gutted, and, but I just knew that I'm still only, and I'm just turning 15, like I've got so many years ahead, if I can just have some good seasons I'll easily get back into it, so the worst thing I probably could have done is just been like, well that's it, that's me done, but I knew like my, because I had my dad who'd been through stages like that, he was like, it's not, that's not it, you've got so far to go, you'll, you'll get setbacks and the best people get setbacks. And it's just how you learn from them and move on. That's a very mature, um, very kind of, uh, again, grounded um, way of dealing with disappointment because, um, again, anybody around that age, boy or girl, 14, 15, to, to be axed, as you call it, um, which, uh, you know, it, let's face it, in, in elite sport, it happens um, to far more people than, it, than actually sailing through the process and not having to deal with any setbacks. Uh, let's not uh, kid ourselves. Um, you know, there are those um, setbacks and challenges and uh, disappointments all the way through um, a young person's career. So uh, to be to, to, to have that uh, sort of grounded, um, calm kind of reaction to uh, to learning from it, I think um, it's probably helped you significantly and it sounds as though your dad had a very good influence as well. Yeah, yeah we did and, and the coaches were like that when they phoned me and told me that I'm not going to be on the programme, they were like this they made sure that, that I was reassured that this isn't it and they were like people have setbacks and don't give up now, so the coaches were good about it too. So 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 what happened then? So what, what was the next phase of your, your cricket from, from that point? So I just went back to Gloucestershire um, and played with them, and then so I did a so I did one season with Gloucestershire, and that was the first year of the Keir Super League, mm -hmm. uh, which I wasn't involved in, and then I had quite a good season with Gloucestershire. Um, so the second year I got a, I got a phone call asking to be involved in Western Storm for KSL. Um, so yeah, I did that, uh, which was obviously quite a good step because it. There was nothing. There was like, cause it's in a way professional. Like it was semi-professional at the time. Um. So yeah, it was better than just Gloucestershire. So did you get and, when you say semi-professional? Was there a contract and did you get some form of payment? Yeah, we did. Well, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, and was there any any additional sort of sponsorship stuff and uh, commercial benefits? Um. So you. So if you did any um, like social media stuff, you would get um, a bit more like money for that. But we, because we had to live away in Exeter for the whole tournament, so we would get expenses on top of that, like travelling to Exeter or food expenses. So yeah, we were actually really well looked after. And how old were you then, then, for uh, getting into Western Storm? I was 16. Wow, I mean, were you not the youngest? Yeah. By far. I was gonna say. <laughs> it was quite yeah. So when you, so how how did you manage to deal with the fact that you were by far the youngest? Um, but I'm quite an outgoing person and I'm quite like bubbly. But when I like first meet new people, I'm quite shy. 
so the first year I was just a bit like because I was there I've been told I was there as like as the fielder so I wouldn't play games I'd be the 12th so if ever there was an injury I would be on the field to field um so that took a bit of pressure off me because I knew that I wasn't really going to get selected yeah um like the experience and because I could feel that I would be on the pitch um but yeah because I think the next youngest was 19 at the time wow um and then there was obviously like Heather Knight and Anya Shobson were in the team so yeah it, I was quite shy but then everyone was so nice and so kind and they would always involve like me make sure I wasn't on my own um because I was the only one that could drive, so I'd have to get lifts everywhere. So they made sure I was like sorted, kind of looked after me in a way, which is good. Excellent. And who who were the the biggest characters, the biggest personalities that first year? Um, uh, Rachel Priest. She was she's quite loud. Um, she's not afraid to say certain stuff as well, which is quite funny. Um, I don't know. Everyone had a bit about them. Uh, everyone had a bit of like like banter and. Yeah, they were, they were all quite funny, to be fair. We, the coach made us do jokes as well before each training session and game, so everyone would have to come up with a joke. So that was a bit of a nice break into each session, which was good. Who, who, was, the, who was the coach? Uh, Trevor Griffin. Okay, so uh, where did you know him at all? No, I didn't know. Lisa Padgett was the manager. Yeah. Um, I knew her, but I didn't know Trevor. But, um, yeah, I didn't know any of the coaches except for Lisa. And is, so is Trevor still the coach now? Uh, so he was the coach for all of the KSL years. Well, it wasn't the first year, but the three years that I did it, and then it finished. And then it's gone to this regional centre of excellences, and he's the coach of Sunrisers. Ah, uh, okay. So who, who's the coach now for Western Storm? Uh, Mark O'Leary. Mark O'Leary, yeah. I think I know his... I do, I do know his name, actually. Um, so So... So what happened then? You, um, as a sixteen-year-old, did you get an opportunity to get on the field? Yeah. So it was in Yorkshire. We're playing, um, and we'd oh smashed it. Rachel Priest had like gone big, and the ground was quite small, uh, so it was quite easy to hit big. And then we were fielding second, and they were doing quite well. And then Stefani Taylor, she hurt her thumb, so I had to go to hospital. Um, so I got on the pitch and I was so nervous. First ball, it came, I was at mid-off. First ball, it came to me, like it was it was a catch. And then I, it was like in front of me, so I had to dive forward and I dropped it. I've never dropped a catch before and I was like, oh my God, this is so horrible. I, I'm meant to be a good field and I've dropped it. But then um, everyone was like, it's all right, don't worry. Like, we've, like you just crack on and think of the next ball. So then I was um, just in the field and then it was like the last over and they couldn't win um but i was on the boundary i got a run out like quite a good run out and i was so that made gave my confidence quite a bit but yeah the first one was like, oh, oh so nervous i've never been nervous before that's very honest of you though but i think also just looking at your face um people obviously won't see that on a podcast but i can uh, i can tell everyone who's listening that um you know she was really re- reliving that moment and anybody who's dropped a catch in any kind of game of cricket whatever level um you'll know how it feels and that 
that feeling was picked you know right on Danny's face when she talked about it so but again another good example of how you uh, bounce back because that could have affected you um, in a very negative way but you know to to let it kind of just um uh, you know let it go let it pass and then to you know in a few overs time contribute to and get a a run out it shows the the character of you so well done um so what happened uh, there so you, you were there for another couple of seasons with KS um you know, during the KSL time so um what happened after that so in the second year uh I so I was 17 and I was a bit more of like a better cricketer just after training with Storm last year and so I made my debut at Somerset playing against Yorkshire Diamonds um and I bowled and I bowled okay. I mean, my first over, Long Winfield hit me for, I think it was two fours. I didn't bowl very well my first over, but then after that, it was fine. And I got to play every single game that season. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, it was just two games I didn't bowl in. Um, but yeah, I batted once. That was it. I, when we played at Cheltenham, which is my home ground, technically, because it's right around the corner from me, all, like, loads of people were there that I knew, so I was quite nervous. And then I got my first wicket for Storm, um, and I managed to bat as well. So, yeah, it was actually a really good day. Fantastic. I was going to ask you about crowds, actually. So what were the crowds like that year when you made your debut as a 17-year-old? Um, they were still quite minimal. Um, at our grounds, it's quite good because they're quite small. So at Taunton, it's, it looks like more full than it actually is, which is quite good. Um, but the last year, we had a really good support, like supporters crowd. Um, like we quite a good social media following, um, loads of young kids around like the Somerset Gloucester region were really like interested in the team. So they would come and we'd be sat in our dugout and they'd be at the top left and they would just be screaming like loads of chants and it was actually really good because we've never experienced that before and it was like nice to know that we have people like backing us and obviously all our family would be there. And did you yeah. did you get the opportunity to um, sign autographs and stuff like that? Yeah, at the end of each game, we had to. Um, we got given a sharpie, and we went around, and they had like six and four banners, or a hat, or a shirt. So yeah, that was really nice. Excellent, excellent. So um, sounds uh, amazing, but I, I'm I'm aware that you you got a um, you had a really um, nasty injury, um, you know, not that long ago. So tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Um, so yeah, so I've told you about my ACL, but. Um, so in at the end of the 2018 summer, I got a stress fracture in my back. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So that made, so I was out for seven months for that. Right. Uh, and then I got back and played a couple of games for my county. And then I was ready for the care cell, like the last ever care cell. And then the first game, I've gone for a catch and it's broken my knuckle. Ooh. So I was out for the, for the whole care cell. Did you take the catch? No. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not sounding good. This, Danny. Having told us that you didn't drop a catch, you dropped two. <laughs> I know. It really didn't go very well. Um, so yeah, I broke my knuckle. So didn't get to play that care sound. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a really good winter this year. And then last November, I ruptured my ACL. That is a horrendous injury for anybody um, involved in sport. Anyone will know that. So, how did you do that? Uh, so I was just training and I just jumped and my I just landed and my knee just 
gave when I heard him pop. Right. And I was like, that's good. Um, so we went to... So went to the hostel and they're like, yeah, you've just sprained it. Like, you've definitely not done any big ligaments. I was like, oh, okay, perfect. Couldn't walk for the next two days. So I was like, I need a scan. So the ECB got me a scan and they're like, yeah, you've fully ruptured your ACL. Um, so I had to do quite a lot of rehab before I could have an operation. I had to try and get my legs straight. Um, and then in December, I had my op. Uh, that, And then when they got in there, they did about three extra things to it. Hmm. So it was like, really sore and then so I had that and then I was on my my parents went away to South Africa for two weeks so I was looking after myself in the new year which was hard but um so I just couldn't do any exercise until March I couldn't gym because my, my leg just wasn't straight and it took ages to get straight and it was agony and it was like a massive balloon um so I so then in March I started doing gym stuff, um, and then obviously the lockdown happened. Mm. Actually, quite probably quite good for me because we've got a home gym here, so we just so I just smashed out a load of gym sessions and bike sessions. I probably wouldn't have been as committed if I was out with my friends all the time, like going and, do, and at college and doing stuff. So yeah, it was actually quite good that I could just nail my rehab and then started batting at the end of July. And yeah, still waiting to bowl. So, did um, during that period of rehab from your ACL, uh, was um, were you under sort of guidance from strength and conditioning and physio team at um, Western Storm? Uh, no, uh, uh, ECB did it for me. Uh, so they so they sorted out my op, um, and then they would come down and see me in my gym and also at home and like. So during lockdown, I had two video calls with them a week to do like my sessions with them. They supported me so much. Like they made sure I had like the right program and I was going at the right pace and everything was doing fine. So yeah, they, it was actually really helpful having that support. Brilliant. And did they? Did you have psychological support as well, or was it just um, on the physiological stuff? Yeah, I, I could have. I didn't really need it. Um, but yeah, it was. It's always open. We've got a PW, which is. Perfect personal development welfare which is always on hand if you ever want to speak to anyone or a psych so yeah if I needed it it was there but quite just because I was used to doing rehab for my back I was just quite used to it and I just got on with it and knew that I just needed to do it okay very good um so any any sort of um sort of words of wisdom or advice to uh, to young players you know boys or girls who you know might go through one or two of those um, injuries that that you just described. Whether I mean a stress stress fracture in the back is is becoming quite common in uh, teenagers. Um, whether it be you know football, cricket, um, you know whatever sport it is. But I know it's it's it takes quite a while to uh, to heal and to you just got to rest, um, which is probably the least thing you want to do as as an active person involved in sport. So, what what kind of words of wisdom or advice could you give to anybody else out there who's experienced that kind of thing? I would just say you've just got to stick to like a program kind of figure out how long your body needs for you to recover because the worst thing you could do is try and get it done really quickly or just not do it properly and then you've probably got a much higher percentage of your injury returning because you haven't like rehabbed it properly so I would just say is to try and get a bit of 
advice on how to go about getting back from this injury doesn't mean you need advice for the whole time just like like just talk to a physio and be like what would you suggest hmm. uh, and then just try and stick to that because yeah as i said the worst thing you could do is rush it and then you'll be back to square one yeah yeah great great words of, of uh, wisdom i think for anybody out there um who's who's had similar kind of experience and uh, just just uh you know one question um that just springs to mind in in terms of those years when you were going through um the the program and the development and you know you were still at school obviously um so and you mentioned you got brothers um you obviously mentioned at the beginning that you um you you only first went to a club you were the only girl so what what do your friends what do your friends say what do your friends make of um you know you you playing cricket as what is now effectively you know um your your main intention and aspiration as a career um it's fine now like on they all support me and they're, they're all like so pleased with me whenever i do something especially the ones that are actually from a cricketing background like ellie and like my boss your friends they'll all like message me like oh, like well done like you're doing so well um it was harder when i was younger um when i was in year six or seven so i think you're like 11 and 12 then yeah it was quite hard because when I was younger, I had really short hair. My parents just never let me grow my hair. Um, so I got called a boy quite a lot. Um, and then the fact that I was playing cricket, it was it was a very nice. I could always get the mitt taken out of me, um, which would make me not want to play. Mm. So I was like, if my own friends from school are saying this, then our opposition are going to be like, what? Like, what is she doing? Like, why is she playing cricket? Mm. Um, it wasn't very nice. I didn't really get much support from my friends when I was younger, but then obviously they're kids at the end of the day. But yeah, but I, th- I think again that's quite important that people hear that because it, again, from my experience as a parent, um, I know that um, whilst we've got boys um, as opposed to girls, there's still that kind of peer pressure, and uh, cricket just doesn't seem to get the street cred that um you know football does um for example and so if um if you're one one uh you know teenage boy or girl who's um you know the only one in in your year um who plays cricket it's it's almost a case you've got to keep it a secret um you know because otherwise you just get so much grief which which is a real shame isn't it yeah yeah it wasn't nice because my school would finish at year eight and go to year nine so when I was going into the senior school, like, I didn't want to play cricket. I was like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to be known as the girl who plays cricket or like the boy anymore. So I was like, I'm not doing it. And I finally started playing cricket for school when I was in year 11. Right. But yeah, I had two years. I was like, I'm not doing that. I just don't want to go through all the grief again, which is probably, it was weak of me at the time. But when I didn't really know, when I was that young and there were no other girls and I didn't hear any other stories, of girls getting through it it was quite hard to be like I can do this they didn't have any like role model in a way to look and see that they, they're doing the same thing yeah yeah so again in, in terms of advice to um, you know to young girls or uh, or boys who have, have had similar experiences or you know are in that situation what would you say um, the first thing I'd say is just ignore them because at the end of the day they're probably just jealous of you they're probably like she's better than me so I'm just going to put her down so she doesn't feel as good but I would just say just try and not take any I don't know not take anything to heart in a way mm. like at the end of the day everyone's young and that these things 
I could happen to you, but just trying to brush it off and just be like, I'm good at this. I know I can do this. Mm. I'm going to show that I'm better than you. So, like, be confident with what you're doing. At the end of the day, you have to enjoy it. So. Yeah, yeah great. Great, great advice. Uh, thank you. So, so what what's um what does the future hold? You you've just started or uh, about to start university, I believe. So, um, what's what does the next kind of what's your goals and ambitions for the next couple of years? Uh, so, yeah, so I'll start uni and my regional contract will be involved like at Cardiff because the coach is from Wales, so that would be quite good. I can get my coaching done at uni. Um, so. I don't know, like, obviously, I want to play for England as soon as I can. Um, well, first I've got to get over all my injuries, and then I can start focusing on it. But, yeah, I think just trying to... I really want to have a really good season this season um, so I can get my place... Well, get my place back in the academy for next year, but also maybe get, like, a, a rookie, see if I can get a rookie contract, which is the one below the central contract. Um but yeah, obviously, I just want to play for England at some point. So as soon as that can happen, then that's my goal. Brilliant. So how does that? How how will you um, go about trying to get a, a Ricky contract? What does Ricky stand for? Um, it's just like so you've got the centrals. So they're like the they're like the main professionals. Yeah. And then the rookies are the ones that are further than the academy players, but just not quite England yet. But they okay. can still get into the into the team. They just haven't got central contract. So it's the stepping stone between academy and England. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they can with the England people, uh, England players, and they can go to get picked for games and go on tours with them. But yeah, they just don't, don't have a central contract yet. Well, uh, I'm sure everybody listening will wish you all the very best with your, um, you know, your recovery from your ACL injury, but um, also wish you well with your university and most importantly wish you well with your ambitions to to get that contract and your ultimate goal of um, getting in the England setup so um all the very best in the future we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out um for for you and i'm sure having listened to your story there'll be plenty more uh, examples of where you um you know get on the field of play and and absolutely smash it so um thank you very much for your time um Really enjoy chatting with you, and um, you know, best of luck uh, in your in your next um, year or so. Thank you.